Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast for episode pew, 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 39. So you know what that means? Two more dope, fresh guests for you. First up, we have the dynamic duel of the pink tank who are in the amazing Canada. Pew, pew. And Catherine of Dow Wines. Pew, pew, pew. So we sip rose. We're going to sip rose. That rose hour, baby. Dear friends, it's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast, and I am here with the debonair extraordinaire bartender, Ben. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Man, I feel like a star, man. I just coming in like a star, man. Yes. Wow. And today a star is born. Oh, man. Yes, that's a Jay-Z song. <laughs> yes, Yes, every day a star is born. I, I'm not a singer, but, you know, I like to think I could be a lounge singer sometimes. Man, I think you do it. I, no. You but you know, it. you know what? <laughs> so, so I'm really excited about, so, you know, um, a couple weeks ago, Amazon Prime had Prime Day and I'm not I'm not saying I'm excited that I bought things off of Prime because I just made a billionaire or even more billionaire but What's wrong I, with that? Uh, we'll get into that later uh, but I bought a karaoke for your car and I have been karaokeing my life out way in the car you have and I love it yeah and to anyone who has not seen it, it's from the Tonight Show. The guy who does the car karaoke—I forgot his name. It escapes me real quick. <laughs> what is his name? But but he created it, and it's so much fun. Like I never knew I was that horrible of a singer, but I love doing it. And also, what's cool about it is like you can like talk shit to people outside of the car. I mean, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm really for I, the I, entertainment purposes. I know, but I mean, you know, people want to say, well, what else can they do with it? It's kind of like a loud speaker. <laughs> it is kinda like a like PA a, speaker. Yeah, like, hey, man, get up, you know, get the from over there. Yeah. You know, like, oh, my God. <laughs> but that's not that's not what I do. I more do like Tevin Campbell and like yeah. uh, Tony Braxton and Whitney Houston yeah, songs yeah, is nine, really like, where I live. Yeah, 90s, 90s R&B is real fun to do on there. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. And what else I'm a fan of is our two guests today. Ooh. We have two amazing guests. Dope freshness. So we have the amazing people of the Pink Tank, um, Dorina, Dorita, and uh, Christine, and they're in Canada. And so they are bloggers, uh, more specifically like Canadian wines and vineyards, and they do some like judging of like national wines and stuff like that. So it's a really awesome interview, and they're so much fun. And then also Catherine of Dow vineyards in California and they were um, I think impacted by Napa's uh, fires that happened a few weeks ago so our prayers and thoughts are with them Uh, but they have an amazing 2019 Discovery Rosé which is really delicious it's true form Uh, wine is delightfully fragrant and floral showing lovely aromas of fresh strawberry sliced peach and watermelon with nuances of hibiscus cherry and clover honey 
The palate is refreshingly crisp yet lusciously smooth, revealing juicy flavors of nectarine orange, strawberry, parfait, and golden delicious apple. These primary flavors are underlain by blush, uh, pleasing notes of papaya and honeydew, melon, accented with a suggestion of rosehip tea. A long clean finish lingers with impressions of peach, citrus zest, and Barbados cherry. And it received 91 points from wine enthusiast. Damn. Yes, I good. love it. Love it, love it, love it. So that's what we are sipping on right now. And it is amazing. I really love when they write the descriptions. I know. I want to know if like, there's someone out there that like that's their job. Yes, it's like, a whole profession, I believe. It's like a whole line. We have to discover what that is. Yeah. I want- hey, listeners, if, y'all, if you figure out what that is, please comment, write in, email us, let us know. What do you call that? The people who write the description for wine. So maybe you can throw that out on Instagram, too. That's a real good question, I believe. It's probably a writer, but but I mean, <laughs> maybe it's a writer, a, but I mean, a it's sommelier a, who who does writing yeah, is probably, yeah, probably what it is. But let's try to figure out what the actual title of that person who does that. Okay. Yeah, okay. you know, let's just throw it out there to the to the people. Okay. Let's see, okay. Let's see what comes back. Let's see what comes back. Yes, and so I know we are heading towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. and there's so much happening, and so like. I'm excited that we've tasted so many wines and like we've met so many amazing people. You know, we started this adventure very early on in the year, you know, at the beginning of COVID. Um, We actually started this to be something different where we were actually trying to be in person and actually trying to talk to people and actually drink rosé with people. Um, And it's kind of birthed into something new, which is more of like trying rosé virtually with people and so like it's interesting like to see how we've kind of made it work over a pandemic (laughs) right you know i think people just you know accept the constraints at some point and then they just they make the best out of it yeah and you know people and i think in a way we're seeing what we can do away with in the world yeah. Like we don't have to have the, you know, the, the workplace. Yeah. And I think that this proved a lot of stuff and, you know, we don't have to do a lot of things we used to do in the past. Well, and I, I, I'm more so like looking at this too of like how for, for a podcast that, you know, was never existed and for what we thought for our intended purposes of starting and creating, um, and how we've been welcomed into sort of the wine industry. Um, we're very grateful and thankful for everyone who's been supportive yeah. um, and 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 welcoming and cheering like Colts de Femme. They've been amazing friends to us and they check in with us and talk to us and try to help us. Eric uh, Siegelbaum, who is like the 2019 sommelier of the year, he is always like helping and directing and like trying to connect. Uh, Courtney, uh, one of the PR people who we've interviewed, um, she's always trying to connect us to other amazing people. So like, it's just like a great community of amazing people. And I just wanted to, before the holidays kick in and people get busy, you know, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone out there, you know, that's our friends, you know, We'll become such a community here. Right. For real. 
And you know what's amazing about the wine community in particular? It's like anytime you ask a question, people will go out of their way to make sure you completely understand what you're asking. Yeah. And the whole process. You know, so I, I think that's I, I love it. So I, I've you know, you know, we we've both been kinda like novice in it, just kinda getting into it and I love it. I enjoy it. And this is really fun and I really appreciate, you know, you introducing the, this to me as well, you know. So it's been real fun, real dope. So let's go to some vineyards, let's go taste some wine, let's go talk to some people and ask some real cool questions and find you know, and learn some Social cool distance, stuff. of course. Yeah, you know, just stand over there and talk. Just hand it to me, you know, just put it down, I go get it. I, <laughs> yeah, we ain't gotta be all close together. Yeah, and and I just wanted to say like it's been so cool to just be a part of a community that I think um, that's just so awesome. Like, it's just been so cool. And thank you to everyone out there that, like, supports and is our friend. Like, we've met so many friends to all of you all. You all are our friends and we appreciate you so much for listening each week. And, you know, when we don't post the episode, I know most recently, um, We've gotten people like emailing us like, are you guys okay? Do you guys, you know, did you guys stop? Like what's going on? So like, just thank you guys for just making sure we're good. It's just life is hard during a pandemic and an election cycle. But <laughs> but we got we got to get back on it though. We are back on it. We are back on it. So we're going to give you the episode. Oh, you say we're doing twice a week now? Uh, we're going to see. Okay, yeah. You know, <laughs> we, got, we got a lot of people we to talk to, a lot of cool information to share. So we're we going to ramp it up. Yes, we're, we're going to do what we up. can because we're also, again, we're realizing that we are going into the holiday season. So we don't want to, you know, over, over promise and under deliver. So we just want to say again, thank you to everyone. And, you know, we really appreciate the love and support. Hell yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, we're going to take it to our first interview with the Pink Tank, our friends to the friendly north of the Americas in Canada. Yes, Canada. We got to go to Canada. Once the borders open again, we'll be there. Like Canada you know, is not letting us in with this quarantine because they know, like I America. Think, you got Trump. We don't play with you. True. I feel you. I feel them on that. But I think you can just like kind of like drive to Canada. No, you like cannot. Hit me out. Man. I think you can kind of like drive in like the woods somewhere with like the borders like Canada, America. You just kind of like hop out the car and just kind of walk over. Yeah, no, that that's not how the borders work at all. That's not at all how the borders work. As someone who is in the formerly a Marine, you definitely should know that's not how the borders work. We're going to just ignore what you're saying right now because the Dow Rose has gotten to your head. So we're going to jump into our first interview with our friends to the north. Like I said, the pink tank. Can. And yay, the pink tank. <laughs> pew, pew. Gotta go to Canada. Hey there, friends. It's me, Renee J. Johnson, and I'm here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today we got two for you, a two for two for one. They are the creators of an amazing, like, 
blog and informational like page that I found on Instagram. They're giving you all the information that you could ever dream of. They're sommeliers. They're amazing. They're super dope and Canadian. And I also got some great um, geographical information from them about deserts in Canada, which we will talk about later. The creators of The Pink Tank, Danita and Christine. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Hello. Hey. Hi, everyone. Oh wait, wait, let's 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 do it. Let's do it, um, French style, uh, because you know that's what we should do, right? Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour, ça va? Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Christine speaks the French. I speak the English. Oh, I love the it. French. The French. It is a I speak les deux langues. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're so... I can say rosé, my dear. That's French. Wait, let's, let's talk about that real quick. Yes, rosé is a very, very, very French word. And I think people uh, minimize it. It is French and it is delicious. <laughs> yes, it is. And you're great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining me. And I hope you guys have something in your cups that's delicious. Oh, well, thanks always. for having us. And of course, yes, Christine, <laughs> always. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I think we should just get into it because like, I, I don't want to waste time because you two are so amazing and have done so much and accomplished a lot. You're, you're entrepreneurs, you're in the wine industry. I would love to know, like, how did you two meet and like create the, uh, the pink cake? I don't know why I paused on that. Go for it, Dee. <laughs> you want me to go for it? Okay. Well, uh, the Pink Tank was actually uh, started by a friend of ours, Chris Kern, down in California, and myself. I met him at a wine bloggers conference, which I only knew about through Christine. So Christine and I took our French wine scholar together uh, in Vancouver, and we met there and became fast friends. And then she told me about the wine bloggers conference. We went off to that and met some new contacts. And that's how Chris and I came up with the idea. But Chris was launching his own business down in California, so we got quite busy with that. So I sort of took it on myself and then approached Christine to come on board and we just started doing our thing and we just meshed immediately. So it was just easy, easy peasy. Oh, it was there, nice that's to be. Kind of how it was created. Did I miss anything, Christine? <laughs> Uh, you didn't miss anything. It's more just like two quirky girlfriends coming together and talking about rosé and having fun, right? Like, who doesn't want to do that? Exactly. Yeah, totally. It's like you guys found spirit animals in each other. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and it's meant to be fun and non-pretentious, and that's how we yeah. enjoy wine, so... Yeah. So what yeah, didn't is miss anything? That's perfect. <laughs> so, Danita, I'll, I'll ask you this question first. What is the pink tank? What is it? Um, well, basically, it's a video rosé reviews. That's our premise, um, and we just review. We talk about them. We drink them as we talk about them. We're usually pretty unedited and unfiltered. Uh, sometimes we're sitting under an umbrella with uh, toques on out in Christine's backyard when there's snow, and sometimes we're on the beach with bathing suits, and <laughs> sometimes we're just wherever. So that's what we're about, and that's what it is. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. So, like, Christine, more specifically, like, what sort of, like, 
prompted you guys to do these sort of like vlogs, or if you will, about specifically Rose. And I mean, I get that like people meet each other at the conference. You're both like, yay, sommeliers. Uh, and then you have a common right. denominator. But then more specifically, you guys went into the Rose. So why specifically that? I think I think that Danita and I share a love of that wine style. We're always talking about it. It's something that we gravitate to naturally. And so as our friendship developed, we ended up often grabbing a bottle of rosé and sharing that and talking about it. And so ultimately it just became about rosé because it was something, you know, when you find someone that shares that passion almost equally, if not, you know, a hundred percent, you want to have that conversation back and forth. You want to explore that. And then Danita and I are both big champions, I would say of our British Columbia wine industry. And so we really wanted to start spot, like we wanted to start with spotlighting, not only international rosés, because obviously France was the birthplace of that, but what mm-hmm. also our British Columbia wine industry is able to do because they're doing some great things. And so we, we focus both, you know, regionally and internationally. And I think that that is, that is cool. And there's not, a, there's nobody that I know of in British Columbia that does rosé specific reviews. So we, we went into that fold and we smile and we, you know, we're kind of cute on camera. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got the rosé market on lock in Canada. (laughs) You guys do so much more, you know, so I'd love for both of you to kind of like talk about sort of like your journey and how you got to become sommeliers to even be uh, at that conference. So, Danita, you want to kind of start off first about like your story and like how you got there? (laughs) Sure. Sure. I actually spent most of my career in the travel and tourism industry and it was only back in like like say 10 years ago where I didn't even have a clue how wine was made. Um, the person I was with at the time would quiz me and I'd be like, I don't know, it tastes like grapes. I, I don't even, how did they get the mushroom flavor in there? Where, why, is, why is it smoky? I had no clue how it was made. No idea that, you know, the process. So it was only when I um, left the industry and I went into the culinary tourism industry, I was introduced to more BC wine. And then I started working more on contracts in the wine industry and then just started taking classes and starting from scratch and working my way up from retail to work for some sommeliers into sales. And during that time, I was taking WSET courses and I was a sponge. Like I was so excited to be in the industry because I was new and I was green. And I just wanted to learn as much as I could. And that's kind of how I got to where I was. And now I have my own marketing communications company pretty much based in the wine industry. Wow. So that's kind of been my journey. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I think when you start off and you're so excited about something new, you are a sponge. You just take it all in and it's quite fun, but exhausting because after WSEP 3, I was like, okay, enough's enough for a little while. <laughs> I <laughs> want to drink break. the wine. Right, you want to enjoy the fruits, <laughs> literally the fruits of your labor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, Christine, what about you? How did you end up at that conference that day? 
So I ended up at that conference that day because uh, a few years before that, I had uh, my daughter. And when I was staying home with my daughter, I uh, in Canada, we get a year of maternity leave. And my brain was going a bit fuzzy. I came from a publishing, sales and advertising background. And so I managed a newspaper. And then um, my brain was getting mushy. And so I said, hey, I'm going to start taking wine courses. And I did very well. Um, I went up to my WSET 3 that I did my French Wine Scholar. And then that carried on to my Master of Champagne, which I have. And when I was doing my W set, I needed to record my tasting notes because I'm like, how am I going to do this? And so I started my blog, Girls Go Great, that's me. And then um, I started my blog and then that blog and the blogging conferences allowed me to kind of dive board into a pool with some really neat contacts. And so I started writing for different online publications and um, and my love of pain led me to live 15 months in Champagne with my family uh, for 2018 and 2019. That's where I lived. Um, Yeah, and so all of that kind of has come together and my experience of living in Champagne let me write the article that I got published in, you know, an actual publication. So so I'm a... I'm a wine writer, um, and I and I'm a wine judge with the International Wine and Spirits Competition in London, England. So I judge wine, and I write about it, and I live it, and I breathe it, and uh, yeah, that's me. You guys <laughs> are freaking amazing! Like one, you you guys get a year off for for childbirth, which I just I mean I'm moving to Canada next next year um but, <laughs> yes like uh, the u.s you want to have babies come north yes go north because <laughs> life is about better it so much is but like you guys are so amazing in like your journeys um and all of the things you have done and accomplished and you know uh you wanted to know more both of you about this industry and it was like calling you if you will and i mean not for yes. nothing you get to judge wine like I'm a judge at home, but you are like legit, like a person to say, like an authority, like this is delicious. <laughs> like that's bananas, mind blown. So amazing. <laughs> so, so with all of this that you guys are doing, what are you kind of like gearing up to do next? Cause you know, I, I'm not sure how Canada is handling, you know, all of the quarantining and COVID. Um, I know much better than the U.S., I'm not shading my country that much. I'm just being honest and we're all thinking it. So how has this impacted you guys with your vlogs and everything? Christine? How has it impacted COVID? Has how is it? Well, tasting rooms are um, by reservation only, and they're doing a lot of pre-pouring for the guests, and they're obviously spacing the guests out. Guests are asked to wear masks to the winery. Often, there's sanitizing stations everywhere. Um, you know, it's 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 put more emphasis on the workers at the wineries to really be um, on board with sanitizing and health and it also puts the impetus on the consumer and the wine tourist to be kind and friendly knowing that this is not like any other year it has been you know this you have to have patience this isn't gonna be you can't just walk up or drive up and say hey I want a tasting you have to be polite and and very very calm because everybody's 
everybody's behaving as, as best they can. And, and I think we're doing really well. And our, our wine industries are, you know, I'm going to say there's about 75 of our, our BC wineries that are open. There are a few that have chosen to stay shut. But the online sales have been incredible. I and bet. they've been doing some they've been doing some great promotions for online, like free shipping. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I actually know, I feel in my gut that, that this is all going to be okay. And we're going to come out even stronger. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, and also like for, for you guys in, you know, the work that you're doing and trying to educate people with, you know, understanding what Rose is and all the amazing stuff you're doing on Instagram. Um, are you noticing like an uptick as well with people asking questions and trying to learn more as well? Because I feel like, at least for me, like this has been a time where I'm like, well, I'm home all day. I can YouTube and then like I go online and like ask people questions that are like, I wasn't sure because this YouTube video didn't tell me everything. So it's like, are people like coming mm-hmm. to you guys and trying to really get the education? Because I think now is the time people are really trying to learn more, especially like rosé is, is not just a summer wine. It's like a, exactly. it's year long now. So more people yeah. are trying to figure out that. Um, so just want to know your take on like how people reach out and talk with you all. Yeah, I think um, I think that, like, you're right, Renee. I think a lot more people are inside, so they're thinking outside the box. How do we get to people? So there's more videos. And so I think our videos are being watched a little bit more. We're also making sure that we've got a bit more content because, because we have a bit more time. And I think there's more engagement. I, I, for some reason, I think people have slowed down in, well, of course, they've slowed down in a sense, but they're more engaged. So they're watching, they're reaching out. We've, we've had quite a few inquiries about collaborating with some wineries. That's been really nice. And of course, you reaching out and like having industry people and colleagues saying, well, let's collaborate, let's talk. Where I don't know if we, maybe we were too busy before to do it, but now we have a bit more time. And I think that's pretty awesome. That's come out of all of this, and that's pretty positive. Yay! Well, that's great to know, too. Yay! So, yeah. how can people connect to both of you? We'll start with you, Christine. How can people connect and follow you um, on social media? Outside of the Pink Tank? Yeah. Outside of the Pink Tank? Okay, so I am, uh, my website is Girls Go Grape. No S, it's just Girls Go Grape. And that is my Instagram, that is my Twitter, and that is my website. And I have a Facebook page. Uh, That is kind of my professional um, platform, I'd say. And then the Pink Tank is within there as well. (laughs) Yes. And and Danita? Uh, For me, um, you can find me. I've got a a blog as well where I write about wine. It's wineandtravelconcierge.com. And then you can find me on Instagram as Ms. Donita, M-I-Z-Z Donita. You'll find that on Twitter too. And then of course our Pink Tank Facebook page. I don't know why, but my Facebook page personally is private. (laughs) Seems kind of silly. I think I should probably unprivatize it. Don't do that. Kind of open up the community. Uh, uh, (laughs) I'm not sure why I have it that way. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, like Instagram because it's just photos. 
I don't know what I yeah, cried back in college so on Facebook. So we're going to keep that private. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure why I decided to do that in the first place, but that's the way it is. Yeah. But yeah, you can find me as Ms. Donita online as well. So. Oh, awesome. And yeah. just asking you guys um, before we go, I have oh, another question after this one, like a final Jeopardy question before this one uh, or after this one. Um, are you guys working on anything that, you know, you want to share with everyone that they can look forward to or get excited about and seeing you guys or knowing more about what you got going on? Oh, sure. Yeah. Christine can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we have been, as Danita referenced, uh, we are collaborating more with people. And as Danita also said, Chris Kern is, was one of the, well, the, one of the creators of the pink tank. And so, Danita and I thought it would be super fun to open up the Canadian borders virtually with two American guys. And so we we have um, Chris Kern and Jason Stubblefield as, and they have a podcast themselves. They are one bourbon, one shard, one beer. And so they are podcasters. They are hysterical. They are smart and inappropriate and so the connection and the the funny chemistry between the four of us is just kind of like a little gong show waiting to happen which is a Canadian term I know that it's just kind of like a crazy a crazy thing about to happen and so we're just doing more of that and we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking about different um, styles internationally and same varietal and that same bottle and then we're all going to do a bit of a round table to see how that all works yeah wow that sounds amazing and fun because there's a lot of drinks in that title it sounds like (laughs) it's gonna be a party (laughs) i love it love it well before we go we ask everybody this final question like it's final jeopardy you don't have to wage anything um other than your drink and if we were in person you would wage your drink to me and i would get to drink it um but alas we're not um so what is your favorite rosés and danita we can start with you okay um well I, I can't say specifically, but I can talk about style. Yes. My go-to is France. It's Languedoc or Provence. Those two are, to me, the best hands down. So anything in that style, you'll find in my fridge, in my hand, on the table. Yes, we love it. And Christine? <laughs> I have a very specific one, my darling, and Ooh. that is Champagne Billcart Salmon Rosé. Whoa! You one. gotta go into details <laughs> about that. You gotta go into I'm details. I'm a champagne girl. I'm a champagne girl. I'm a rosé girl. And everything about that cinnamon, nutmeg, lifted red berry notes, it's got this exceptional finish. It's fresh. It's elegant. And it just reminds me of, of my time in Champagne. And I got to visit the house. I got to meet the winemaker, the chef de cave, and it just brings me nice memories back and it's a stunning wine (laughs) that is delicious (laughs) trust me i'm gonna try to find it and and taste it because i like a little extraness in my rosés as well (laughs) (laughs) 
Bubbles are beautiful. They are bountiful. They are bountiful. Love a good bubble. <laughs> well, Danita and Christine, I just want to say thank you both so much for joining us today. Uh, we definitely have to have uh, you on for so one of our happy hours and definitely on another episode because I would love to talk with you more both about sort of like the conference you went to and like how it was impactful and, and you know, just dive into a few other issues um, that you guys mentioned that were, were sort of like instrumental in your life because uh, you guys are dynamic women and and I, I I mean if you listen to the podcast you know how I feel about a woman entrepreneur I'm here for it I support it I think everybody should like buy $10,000 worth of stuff for them every day so however we can support we are here we like for you like how you think <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for having us Renee it was really awesome that you reached out not a problem. And you love it. Real pleasure. Yeah. A real pleasure. Oh, you guys. And you're super best. fun. I want to party with you. I mean, once yeah, your energy is coming straight through. Oh, thanks. Once COVID's over, listen, I'm coming to Canada. I got a passport. So. You're invited anytime. Anytime. <laughs> I'm going to go through the desert to get there. That's what I'm going to do. Let's <laughs> do it. Yes. I'll yes. pick you up on the other side. Yeah. Just meet me by that last little desert, little cactus thing, you know, and I'll be right there. No yeah. Problem. Right. Right where the I'll I'll be, wearing the, I'll be wearing pink. I'll wear pink. I will tell that's how you know it's me. I'll be like, I'm in pink. I'll get a shirt that says, I'm Renee wearing pink. There we go. Christine will be waving. I'll be drinking a bottle. We'll throw we got a it. pink tank t-shirt over at you. And oh, then please. you'll be on our side. Yes, because I have to cross the American border. So that's the way we can do it. You throw me a shirt and I throw it on. I'm like, no, I'm with the, I'm with the pink tank. So I'm good. I'm good. I can come exactly. over. No, no COVID. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Well, guys, thank you again so much for joining me. You're, you guys are just a blast. I really appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you too, Renee. Thanks so much, Donita and Christine. You two are so amazing. And I swear, I cannot wait until COVID is over so I can come to Canada. And how amazing is it that you judge these competitions of the most amazing, like, wines ever? Like, you guys are so my spirit animals. I adore you both. Oh, to be you queens. Oh, I love it. And also don't forget to follow them because they have some of the most amazing content on Instagram. So don't forget to follow them. Pink Tank, P-I-I-N-K Tank. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we are going to talk to the most amazing Catherine of Dow Wines. Y'all stay tuned. friends it's me renee here at the rose hour podcast and today you guys are in for such a great treat i actually was just celebrating my great news of transitioning into another company and had some of their amazing samples of their rose and let me just tell you the celebration continued because the rose was fantabulous i'm here with the one the only the amazing from dow wines Catherine! Yay! <laughs> hey! <laughs> thanks I for love it. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be here. I feel really honored to be a part of the 
Oh, with you. Well, we're honored to have you because, like I said, your rosés are so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey. So, Catherine, how did you get into the industry and, like, like, what do you do? Like, tell us about you and how you got started. Yeah. So, um, it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, my family obviously has been in the wine industry for about 20 years now. My father is the winemaker at Dow. Um, my father is Daniel. And he went into business with uh, his brother and my uncle, George. And so what I like to describe them to is you've got Daniel, who's the winemaker, but you've got George, who's like the life maker. And he uh, really gets, it's really cute. They work in tandem together really well. They're kind of this like yin and yang, which they like to describe themselves. Um, but uh, they started the winery back in 2007. But we've been making wine as a family ever since I was probably like in my early teens. I'm almost 30 gave my age away but um (laughs) but but it's been that long um I mean the first time that I was ever really introduced to wine being a part of the family was one day I was coming home from school and uh drove up the driveway and we had a three-car garage and two of them were open and then one was a tank and a barrel or a couple barrels and the other garage was turned into a full-on wine lab and my dad was in there toying around yeah like he had the whole and like all the bikes were moved out of the garage and all of the boxes and it was like this whole renovation of our garage and I was like what what is going on like this is so interesting like he always had a wine book in front of his nose. Like he was just so into this whole world. And, and I mean, I had grown up going into the cellar with him and he had this passion for, for Bordeaux, obviously, mm. and, um, and collecting. And he was a big collector of wine. But it, it took a turning point, probably, I would say like 1999 or 2000 when he started to kind of pursue it more as a career, uh, possible career. And so we started making wine in our garage and in our backyard. I have pictures of um, old to five kids, by the way. So oh, wow. Was like 16. Yeah. So we were like all in the driveway uh, outside of the garage. We were corking bottles. I have pictures of me doing that. We were um, capsuling bottles. We were putting labels on bottles. We were uh, putting wax on, on the bottles. Like we were a full blown like tiny family business. Oh, I love it. Which was amazing. It was so fun. And, and, and honestly, like I was at that point um, in high school, you know, I was doing high school things. Like I wasn't super preoccupied with what was going on with the wine, but it had just already been such a normal part of my life. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, like this amazing new venture. It was like, oh, my dad's just pursuing his passion and what he loves to do. Like it was so normal. Uh, we even started to make olive oil from Lebanon, which is where our family is from. Uh, we had family there that had like a 200-year-old olive tree. And he was so into this whole like agricultural part of his passion that he was had, having olive oil made in Lebanon and he'd bring it over. Um, and we would taste it as a family. And, and so it started off very much in the in the home. Um, my, I guess, my story is that I... I was, since being the oldest of five, I was very independent, still am. 
and wanted to have a career of my own. And I was very inspired by my, my father and my uncle. They had a, a tech business before they got into wine. And that entrepreneurial spirit that I was raised with was instilled in me. And so in high school, I was super into the fashion industry. Um, I remember I watched the, the, Devil Wear, the Devil Wears Prada, which I was like, I want to do that one day. Like, it just <laughs> seems so cool. I don't know why, because it was like, uh, the poor Anne Hathaway was miserable half the time. But, but she got um, to wear I just, Prada. I, just, I mean, I get it. <laughs> she got to wear Prada and go to Paris. And that's all I wanted to freaking do. But um, anyways, I ended up going to fashion school after high school. I went to FITM in San Francisco. I was there. I studied merchandise marketing. Um, I worked in the fashion industry. My first job was at 15. I worked at small here at Aldo <laughs> in San Diego. And uh, but I had a job. I've had a I've had a, a legitimate job ever since then. I've been working uh, even through school. Uh, worked for a designer called Prima Jiva in the Bay. I worked at Nordstrom. That's where I learned a lot about retail and hospitality. And then moved back to San Diego and started a business called Dow Denim. Oh. And it was a, a denim and a, a denim uh, line for women. Uh, the craziest four and a half, almost five years of my life, I learned a lot. I learned a ton. I learned life lessons I can never like learn in another lifetime. Like the fashion industry is intense and it lost its charm when I had my business. I, the, the women that I would meet, the people that I would meet, and I couldn't see myself being that kind of person. I don't want to generalize, but it was a culture of people that I couldn't see myself fitting into in 10, 15 years. Mm. Um, my, my passion, yeah, my passion for, and, and it could have been just, well, and let me say this too, there's like a denim mafia in LA. Like if you're not part of this like denim crowd, like it is very hard to make it. Wow. Um, and it is, an, it is a very expensive venture. Like mine, I like was not as financially like invested in the whole thing. I maybe didn't spend as much as others would because obviously I was on a budget, but like it was, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'll just say that it's a lot. Emotionally, um, I had a really interesting experience with someone at a showroom in LA and I remember leaving that meeting and being like I, I my heart's not in this anymore Hi. so I called my dad yeah it was, but you know what I was 24 25 and I was like you know like this starting a business is really hard and it made me respect my uncle and my and my dad so much more and so I called my dad and I said listen I'm so grateful for everything that you've invested in me and this company and I love you, but like, I want to come work for the family. And he, that was like music to his freaking ears. He had been Aww. trying to convince me to join forever. And he was like, it wouldn't make, like nothing would make me happier than if you came and joined the family business. And I was like, the passion that I feel when I'm with you and my family, when I'm at the winery is something that doesn't exist in this world. And it, and I had to go through my experience in the fashion industry to, to know that being at Dow was where I wanted to be passionately. Yeah. And so it's, I moved up. It's, it's interesting that experience flipped, flipped sort of like, you know, like the inspiration in you. I'm sad to hear like the experience, but I'm happy to know that it helped push and light another fire in you. I always learn things the hard way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I always learn things the hard way. But to be honest with you, um, you know, my grandfather used to say this, but everything happens for a reason. And I know it's so cheesy, but it's so it's true. So if you real. can find the meaning in things. Yeah, it's so real. Like if you can find 
the light in, in every dark situation at some point on your journey, like that, that really helps feel and close a lot of emotional doors that you could be dealing with later on for things. So, um, you know, for me, I, I packed my, my bags. I sold my house in San Diego and um, moved up to Paso and worked from, from the bottom up. I worked in the tasting room for a year. Then I worked as a trade ambassador for another year and then got the opportunity to get promoted into the marketing department, which was my goal, um, into social media. And I've been the social media manager at Dow for the last year and a half. And... Um, it's weird, but I feel so fulfilled. It's not weird, I guess, but I feel so, it's like social media, which, you know, I didn't even, I mean, whatever. I, I was like against social media for a long time, but it is um, not obviously anymore, but it is a, a crucial part of a business. And I get to be like a brand manager essentially for over 50,000 people that see our brand day in and day out and it is a super fulfilling job you know the, the fashion part of me feels very fulfilled with the creative and visual direction that I get to have with my job um, and um, you know of course e-com is like a huge component of 2020 after uh, you know everything going on with COVID so I've been able to be in this role and really find personal and professional growth with you know I'm really grateful for so that's that's what I do now it's my kind of long story short yeah but it's amazing story and like I feel like it's like <laughs> yeah. those like made for tv movies like it's like lifetime like <laughs> you you show your resilience <laughs> you hear that lifetime <laughs> like I can see this being a lifetime movie like she was destined to be you know the newest fashion uh, mogul however <laughs> instead now she's in luxury wine. wine brands yeah like that's so cool so thank you as as soldiers uh, social media um, sort of genius behind the branding for the company what are some of the things that you're noticing that are like trends that are in the industry that you're you're seeing on social media I mean the first one that comes to my brain is, is just amplifying diversity you know especially after the Black Lives Matter movement it's so important to to use social media in a positive way. I think a lot of people use social media as like a, a you know, there there are a lot of ways people can use social media for um, mm -hmm. not the most inspirational purposes. And so I think that um, one of the trends, obviously, that I'm seeing for 2020 is education, like educating yeah. people. And I think that is huge. I will tell you, uh, not only that, but, but I will tell you, um, so my family, we're Lebanese and the, the blast, the um, big nuclear explosion happened in Beirut. Yeah. Um, I think it's been a week or a week ago or a week and a half ago now. Yeah. Um, Which is still our family's fine. Yeah. It's so traumatic, but, but I didn't open a news article or watch the news once. I got all of my information from social media. Mm. So, I think it's important that people understand the impact of social media on every, on their everyday lives. Yeah. Um, and I think that with like millennial and Gen Z's for sure too, we, we understand the impact that social media has on our daily lives and, and using that as a, using social media as a platform for news, I think is, is, is totally trending. I mean, I think it's so important to, for people to be reminded of that. And then in terms of trends, I mean, 
you know, it's funny that I don't really watch like trends in the wine industry because we don't yet think that the wine industry is leading the trend on what's happening on social media. I think things like Reels, which is like that new TikTok version of, on Instagram, is going to be really impactful. Um, I, I think that posts, like feed posts on your timeline will eventually go away. I think it'll be all about stories and Reels and like video content um, because video always is more engaging. Um, I think there's a huge educational, like I said, a huge educational piece for people on social media as a news outlet. And I think that that's probably the one thing that stands out in my, my mind the most that's trending on social. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're learning to, I think, learn learning to learn uh, if that's a thing uh from mm-hmm. from from social media like videos are able to provide more of a story for people to understand what's really happening because we make assumptions when we see photos and so the accuracy yes. of what's happening someone's able to communicate i think is like to your point we're going to see more of the reels and you know on on instagram and snapchats and and tiktoks of the world because they're able to provide that voice um, I wanted to ask you more about like your your family business and and the types of wines you guys created because when you were in high school, I'm pretty sure your dad and his brother were creating sort of like one version of a wine, but it, it has definitely grown since then. Yeah. So how, yeah, like how many we, wines we, do you guys have and what types and all that? Oh gosh, so we have um, four different what is it? Four, let's see, discovery expressions preserve a state so we have it we kind of have five different classifications of wine now um we've got our discovery collection that's uh, usually solely based on grapes and berries that come from the pastoralist region we aim to um support the adelaide ABA as much as possible with the discovery wines um they don't come from down mountain directly but it's a beautiful representation of the potential of the wines that you can make from pastoralists like we have a discovery rosé that i sent you Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a a discovery sauvignon blanc we have a discovery cabernet sauvignon these are all um vineyards that we have tenure contracts with and the really cool thing is because paso is such a small town everyone has a really intimate relationship with each other so these these vineyards are like i used to teach yoga to some of the vineyard managers oh, or the cool. vineyard owners that we buy grapes from in paso when i lived there yeah it was really it's a small town but um really communal really intimate and everyone has really great relationships with each other so they're all like family owned so you feel good about um the grapes that you're buying and they they allow us to um go in and, and farm the vineyards as we would farm the estate, which is really nice um, because we have pretty specific ways that we manage our vineyards at the estate at Dow. And then we have the expressions here, which is like bodyguard and pessimist. And so they're blends, like red blends, and they also come from the Pasarobles region. Mm-hmm. And then we have the reserve collection, which is a blend of estate and non-estate for the most part, but it's like our second, or it's like our third tier, second best I don't like saying it like that, but it is. You <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. I mean, a state is our highest level. Um, and a state obviously comes from, from Dow Mountain and the vineyards that we own in the Adelaide area um, that are close to the winery. Um, so we, we started with Cabernet Sauvignon and that is my father's passion. You know, when he went to Dow, um, 
when he, you know, when he went to what is now Dow Mountain in 2007 and he saw this property, first thing that he did was he, he analyzed the soil and he was like, is this good soil for Cabernet Sauvignon? I mean, he just self-taught. Obviously, he was mentored by two well-known winemakers, um, Scott McLeod, who used to do, he does um, Skywalker, which is... Um, who uh, started? Um, I think Star I. Why am I blanking on his name? Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about, though. I'll put it in the notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. Um, uh, can't remember the guy who started Star Wars. Why am I blanking on this? I literally. I, I know who, exactly who you're talking about. But it, it, yeah, I, his his wife is. Yeah. Um, God, I just blanked on her name. Anywho. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so Scott McLeod was one of his mentors. And then also this woman named Delphine Barbu, and she was at Chateau Lescombe in um, Bordeaux. And, or Bordeaux, I think. Gosh, I'm blanking this morning. I'm sorry. But anyways, he, he had that mentorship and then he also taught himself. But I mean, his passion is this terroir that we have on Down Mountain. And so, of course, we started with Cab and uh, his intention was to make a wine like Soul of Lion, which is our highest end Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, it's named after a book that my grandfather wrote for our family. And um, it is, it's, it's yeah, I mean, we're, we're very family oriented, obviously, but you know, started with Cab, we'll always be, you know, passionate about Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet Sauvignon is the reason why we um, went to Down Mountain. And it's been a journey for sure, but we do have a, a nice big portfolio now. Yeah. And like, you have a variety, right? And an array of wines, which I think is so amazing because I think. A lot of people are like, well, if someone does a white, they do a white really well. They don't do a red very well. But it seems like you guys have this sort of like ability to really find and create wines for different palettes. It's it's really amazing. It's my dad. I don't know. He's got this like, I, I don't know. It, it didn't get passed down generationally to <laughs> me, but he has this like, he has this like literally Midas touch with everything, even my uncle too. But like when it comes to winemaking, you know, my dad just has this very intuitive sense of what he thinks, you know, people want to taste in a wine. And he has a very um, solid approach to the way that he makes the wine. And I think it comes from just him being a collector and a consumer of wine for so long that adds to that, you know, and he's mm-hmm. totally a geek, but he has a really, I mean, I'm, I'm biased, it's my dad, but Aww. like, he has a really um, beautiful palette and a really beautiful intention behind what he does. And well, you can taste it. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Even the two rosés uh, that we sampled, you know, they were not exactly the, they're like, they were not remotely the same. You know, they gave us different feelings when we drank them. So it's amazing to be able to create not only a different type or varietals, it's like they're completely different and both amazing. So, I I mean, hats off to your dad. I mean, if he is able to continue getting these recipes out, I'm here to drink them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to have you to the mountain when you make it out to the West Coast. Like, we would love to have you. Yes. um, Yes. Just give you an immersion experience. Hey, I'm here for it. I just cannot wait for COVID to be over because we are coming to California. We, We definitely want to come and visit you guys and even do like some live shows with you all because it will be so much fun yes (laughs) you would love talking to my dad if you like to geek out about wine especially like 
Rosé reminds him of his childhood because he grew up in the south of France after, um, you know, the war in Lebanon. They had to flee Lebanon, so they went to France. And uh, Rosé just reminds him and, and uh, my uncle of their childhood. He, he loves to talk about it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to, to talk with them and hear more about their stories and like their first rosé. Because I feel like, I'd love to talk to you about that too. Like your first rosé and like what experience you had. Because mine was like a Boone's Farm rosé was my first one. College was rough. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I actually don't like it. Because I thought it was too sweet. But then, you know, I I was able to learn uh, because my college was near a winery where I was able to like start tasting more and like moved away from box wine. I was like, oh, rosé is sort of my thing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I. Yeah. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I when you asked me what my, what yeah. my first rosé was and I was like thinking about it and I was like, I think it was. I think it might have been Gao because by the time that I was like old enough to appreciate wine like in a you know I mean let's be honest like I was in college for a lot of when the winery was starting so mm. I wasn't drinking rosé I wasn't drinking wine I mean I was drinking like guy vodka um and champagne um but <laughs> I think, <we laughs> but I think the first rosé yeah but I think the first rosé I tried was was Dow actually and and I like um, Domain Odd too a lot okay. I, I really like their rosé yeah nice nice now, how can people like purchase, follow, and connect with you and see all your amazing posts on social media? Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so if you're on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or even YouTube, you can follow us at Dow Vineyards with an F at the end. Um, and then we're just at www.dowvineyards.com. Um, I mean, we go by Dow Family Estates and Dow Vineyards, kind of both, but all of our handles are at Dow Vineyards. Um, and I'm, I'm actually pulling together next week all of our Harvest content, which I'm so stoked for. Ooh. I cannot wait. So Yeah, and I yeah. think that'll be great, too, uh, because a lot of people do not know what harvest season is. So we'll love to connect with you yes. about your your post and, and all the content you're putting out for that. So we can teach people, like, what harvest is all about. Yeah, specifically, I mean, the harvest at Dow is, like, really intense. So that's why I like to highlight it, because... Um, it's, it's a pretty intense experience. I mean, it's intense for anyone, let's be honest. Like, you don't have a life for basically four months to work in the vineyards or in the wine industry. Um, like, August through November, or even December. But um, it's, it's cool what we do at that. I like to highlight it. I'm going to come up with a few reels and um, take some educational content out of it, too, which people seem to really love. So <laughs> we're going to give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. <laughs> exactly. I That's love literally it. what I do my job i just give people what they want all the time i'm here for that because you give us good wine content and good wine so hand in hand i'm here for it <laughs> i'm so glad yay well i have one last question before we let you go yeah which is i think you alluded to it but love to know more what's your favorite rosé oh my gosh i mean honestly like it's <laughs> I'm, I'm such a weirdo, but like the Discovery Rosé to me, which is the $20 rosé, we have like a reserve rosé that I sent to you also that has that like little bit of like a more elegant label, mm -hmm. a little bit of a different like, bottle shape. It's about like $40, but the Discovery Rosé to me, and maybe it's because I have like a personal connection to this wine because um, during, we actually were supposed to launch 
the wine and have a huge party in LA for it uh, April 5th and it was like two oh. weeks after quarantine and shelter in place and so the whole strategy for launching the wine went from being you know uh, at a hotel with an event team to hey Catherine ecom team Isaac you basically are gonna sell all this wine on your own on social media and you have two weeks to come up with a strategy I didn't what? sleep for two or three weeks I literally worked like 15 hour days it was insane I don't recommend <laughs> I mean don't, don't recommend that for anyone but um, I think I just have like a really personal connection to this wine because of that experience I went through but also it is so refreshing um, I just think that it's it's you know it's professionally dry and it's true like it's a true fragrant floral beautiful rosé it's got fresh strawberry on it it's got sliced peaches like watermelon mm, like to me yes it's such an approachable rosé the reserve rosé there's nothing wrong with it I love it it's like you know that like best friend of the discovery rosé or like the sister of it um but it goes through a little bit more of like oak aging um and for me I'm a huge lover of Sauvignon Blanc and so I love anything that's more dry and a little bit less of oak treatment to it um and something a little bit more refreshing so I, I I'm just loving the discovery rosé yes well we love what you discovered <laughs> <laughs> thank you well, Catherine, so this has been so much fun. Uh, we have to have yes. you back on and definitely want to know more about Harvest and, and seeing and sharing your content so that we can learn more about the Harvest season and everything that goes on with it. So, yeah, we, we are just excited for everything that's to come. Thank you. I I'm I love being on the show with you. Thank you so much. And I would love to come back. You're so fun to talk to. You're oh, so engaging. Thank you. And you are too, because, you yes. know, I love wine. I like to talk about it, but I like to drink it more. But talking about it while drinking yeah. about it is even better. <laughs> I think that might be the slogan for everyone in the wine industry in 2020. Is I like to talk about wine, but I like to drink it even more. Yes. Hey, we, we'll get the trademark together. <laughs> well, Catherine, again, thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much, Catherine, for such a great interview and taking some time out. Um, I know we were talking during harvest season and a lot has happened. And we want to just say we know that you guys were impacted by the fire. So uh, we hope all is well. Uh, check out Dow Wines. It's D-A-O-U uh, Vineyards. They are located out in California, Napa. Um, and definitely make sure you purchase some wines because, again, they were impacted by uh, the fires out there in California. And they are amazing. And they are just they're just such a great 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 vineyard i um, want to thank all of our guests today uh pink tank dow vineyards um we are just so thankful to just so know so many amazing people who uh, would come on our show and tell us their stories and, you know, teach us more about what they do, uh, not only in the wine industry, but how they got started uh, in loving something that we love as well. So thank you so much for sharing with us uh, how you guys got started in the wine industry. Want to also thank bartender Ben, Angeline, Magdalene for all your work behind the scenes here at the Rose Hour podcast. 
also want to thank the sound engineers at Fairhill Studios, Honcho, Cap, uh, Pisces, for all you guys and what you do, Yahawa and Filthy Rich. Yes, if you need beats, because Filthy Rich, he gives us the music for what we need. Also to the music creators of the theme song of the Rosie Hour podcast, want to thank Black Indian and Uncle Tommy for our amazing theme song. Um, so don't forget to go to iTunes uh, and download it because our theme song is pretty lit, y'all. Everybody drink rosé because rosé is all day every day don't forget to like follow and subscribe to the rosé hour podcast on all podcast platforms we are here we love you uh and we can't wait to bring you another amazing episode in a week so don't forget to follow so you get that notification until next week guys sip sip hooray cheers toast salute all of those things cheers Pew!